As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up? Welcome in to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Wednesday, November 24th, Thanksgiving Eve. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Thank you for being with us on hopefully what is the uh, start of your holiday weekend. Hopefully we're off from this point forward, just enjoying all the Thanksgiving cheer, all the food, and of course all the football coming our way over these next four days. Michael Beller and Brandon Funston with you. No Jake Seeley, so things should be nice and calm and relaxed and easy, right, Funston? That's right, man. This should be just a nice uh, football discussion. Lots of uh, peace and love in this one, but uh, no, we'll miss Jake on we these. Uh, you know, we like to have our little contentious moments and uh, get Jake's unique opinion on things. But uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Uh, how you doing? I am doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to you also. It's uh, it's you know, it's not the best Thanksgiving slate of games that we have ahead of us tomorrow, but it's not a, it's not as bad as I feel like people were uh, preparing themselves for. We'll talk about all three of those games of course in due time as we go through this show and the other 12 games that we have ahead of us in week 12, which actually Funston is a pretty fun slate from like an NFL standings standpoint and a playoff uh, push standpoint and I do think that a good amount of that will ultimately trickle down to the fantasy world and we're just going to talk through all 15 of those games let's start with if there is going to be one marquee game that rises above the rest I think it's probably this one Packers and Rams Packers one point favorites in this game against the Rams at home at least over on BetMGM 47 and a half the total in this game um I think you know we're starting pretty much everyone right um from a fantasy perspective maybe Marquez Valdez Scantling is the one guy who could go either way but uh when you look at this game what are you getting excited about well, I, I'm just I'm I'm interested to see how the Rams. You know, they look so bad going into their break, and Matt Stafford really struggled mm-hmm. after looking like a you know a dark horse MVP candidate for most of the year, and then these last two weeks, he has just been just been honestly he's been bad, and you know the, the Rams yeah. have allowed a lot of pressure. So I'm just curious how the bye week has at what that has done for them. If we're going to see that Rams team that we saw earlier in the year, or if we're going to see a team that 
can get picked on by a Green Bay defense that's been ascending. You know, they've been heading in the right direction, except for, you know, <laughs> except for the 34 points that the Vikings hung on them last mm-hmm. week. But, you know, I think this is this is a defense capable of giving the Rams trouble if the Rams haven't cleaned up what they were was ailing them going into the break. Totally with you. I, I sort of trust this team, and I trust Sean McVay to have cleaned a lot of that up, and uh, so that's where I'm. That's where I'm standing where I, when I look at this game. Uh, but it's not, you know, that even that is just something that we are hoping is true. It's not a guarantee for right. sure. Odell Beckham, where do you stand on him going into this game? Well, I mean, gosh, perfect buy, you know, because obviously he was out of the out of the picture. He didn't know the plays, couldn't right. run the hurry up offense. You would think, you know, just the veteran that he is, been around the you know the block a few times that he it's probably at the point where he can pick things up enough that maybe he's just plugging in to that Robert Woods role and you know from mm-hmm. a from an execution standpoint what Odell brings to the table it sure seems like he's capable of of being that guy of being a, a almost one for one replacement for Robert Woods so I'm ranking him not quite as an RB2 but I have him inside my top 30 I'm fairly bullish on on OBJ kind of hitting the ground running this week are you playing Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Because I'm playing him in a league where I've got him. The only league where I've got him, I am playing him. Yeah, he's a few spots behind Odell, uh, but in the same vicinity. And I think I mentioned this on the Monday show. There's kind of a, a perfect storm for MVS right now in terms of his target volume. You know, you have Devontae mm-hmm. Adams there, but no Aaron Jones. You, you got injury at tight end. You don't have an established tight end there. Alan Lazard's been injured. So, um you know, playing off of the Devontae Adams attention, I think right now, you know, we're going to see Aaron Jones take take a few shots deep with MVS, you know, and that's kind of his role. And all it takes is one to hit and you're and you're in good shape. But I, I know I, I feel very confident they they'll at least try that a few times. Yeah, the 10 targets that he got a week ago in that game against the Vikings, it feels like something that this offense has to have in it with where it is currently constructed. Uh, so I do like MVS getting that start. It's a fun game, right? We've got Rodgers, Devontae, MVS, A.J. Dillon on one side, Stafford, Cup, OBJ, Daryl Henderson on the other side. It should be, I mean, obviously this is a huge game in terms of the NFC standings, but I think a fun fantasy game as well. And I look at that 47.5 number and am a little surprised it's not a little bit higher, which then, of course, makes me concerned that it's going mm-hmm. to go under that number, just all the games that we play in our heads but I think pretty much everyone you've got if you have a question about someone in this game the answer is yes play them obviously there's going to be a a situation here a situation there where it's not true but should be one of the more fun games both real life and fantasy when these two teams get together on Sunday another one that fits that Bill Funston is another NFC West NFC North game and that is the 49ers and Vikings 49ers three-point favorites in this one 48 is the total I love the Vikings in this spot from a gambling standpoint I think they're just the better team in this game I actually like them to win this game straight up in San Francisco but I love that we've seen San Francisco get healthy from the fantasy standpoint, and really start to get everyone in this offense involved. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a good feel on which way this is going to go. I don't love the Vikings like you do. I think uh, the 49ers have – well, I'm just saying, like, I just <laughs> – I, I, this is almost a pick to me because I think the 49ers have gotten healthy. They look great on offense right now. They have yeah. all their, their key players there, and they're rolling. The only thing I kind of hesitate with is, you know, they had the big win against the Rams, and they had – you know, a blowout win against the the Jags, and it's like, oh, are they due for a, a kind of a trip up game? Uh, they don't. They lost enough early on. They can't really afford trip up games at this point, and so uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, coaching comes into play here. I think it's going to be a very, very competitive game, and and I agree, it's right up there with the Rams and Packers as to me one of the most exciting showdowns of the week. 
Love the over in this game. I, I love what we've seen from the healthy 49ers. That's what helps me feel very good about the over because with a, with a few exceptions here and there, the Vikings pretty much do what they do offensively mm-hmm. every week. We saw it last week against the uh, against the Packers. So I always feel good about their offense going into basically any matchup. You throw what the 49ers have been able to do since getting um, George Kittle back healthy, since getting Brandon Ayuk in the mix. It almost doesn't matter who their running back is. It's just like San Francisco running back does X every week, and it doesn't really matter who that guy is. So I feel good about both of these offenses in this game. It's similar to what we were talking about with Green Bay and the Rams just a minute or two ago. Like, I think anyone that you have in this game who's in your mind, the answer is yes, start them. And really the only question would maybe be, I suppose Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't fit there. I think the only question would maybe be Brandon Ayuk. But with what we've seen from him, Funston, the last few weeks, I think you have to play him. Well, I I think you have to play him if you don't have Elijah Mitchell. I mean, I, it's interesting because Debo became, you know, almost a running back in that yeah. last game. Yep. And I it think carries. that's because, uh, you know, because there was no Elijah Mitchell. We've seen Shanahan leans and is very comfortable leaning heavily on Elijah Mitchell, in which case it makes Debo more of a traditional wide receiver. And then does Ayuk become more of the number three option in that passing mm-hmm. game like he's been? Because you could argue last week he was one or two with Kittle and Debo was was involved in the backfield. It worked out well for everybody. Um so that's the that's the one kind of intrigue here is what happens Elijah Mitchell back in the fold Debo goes back to kind of being the go-to guy in the in the passing game and maybe it squeezes Ayuk a little bit. Yeah, that's something we'll be keeping an eye on. Does seem like Elijah Mitchell is going to be able to get back for this game against the uh, Vikings. Looked like he was pretty close to playing last week before ultimately being ruled out. So we'd bet on him being back out there for the 49ers for his fantasy managers. Another huge, huge game in the standings, Funston. Bengals and Steelers. Bengals four and a half point favorites in this game. And this is not a trick question that I have for you here to start this off. Which passing game do you feel better about coming into this one? This would have been something that we never even thought about back in the preseason, but with with the way Cincinnati has gone and just not had the volume that we were expecting, with the way Ben Roethlisberger has played better over the last month or so, which passing game do you feel better about? Um, I guess I would say it's weird that, you know, as far as like a, a safe floor, probably Pittsburgh, but I'm sure I'll be chasing, you know, if this is a decision mm-hmm. I'm making, I'm just going to chase ceiling here. And that's, that's still with the Bengals. I mean, you look at average depth of target, uh, adjusted completion percentage, all these things. Joe Burrow is just running laps around Ben Roethlisberger. And so, um, you know, lately, the last couple weeks, it's been, you know, the the numbers have been low for Burrow, but I still had the upside and the weapons he has, the ability to, to, you know, bust some deep plays. You just don't get that with Pittsburgh. But Ben Roethlisberger every every week is one one to two touchdowns and always in the 200 yard range. His floor is very safe but it's just you're not getting rich there. Is there anyone you're concerned about in this game? I mean, obviously, again, like almost everyone in this game we're playing, right? Like Roethlisberger is going to depend on your situation. He's playing a two-quarterback league, but obviously not a slam dunk in a one QB. Uh, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay, Claypool, Najee, Mixon. Like these are all easy, easy plays. Friermuth maybe for anyone who for anyone who has Friermuth, he's probably an easy play, even if he doesn't register like that. When we just rank the tight ends top to bottom, like is there anyone that you're concerned at all about, even though you know you're playing them? Uh, I mean, I I think I don't know that T. Higgins is the slam dunk, uh, right? Like. I'm just I was just going to look up his recent production, but he's been, you know, he's yeah. I think he's wide receiver 49 on the year or, or thereabouts. But Sounds I mean, about right. yeah. he hasn't scored since week two, uh, you know, 
last week, two catches, 15 yards. He's had a, had a couple decent games in there yardage-wise, but just not getting in the end zone. And, you know, in this game, I could see myself hesitating a little bit on T. Higgins, probably. That's the one guy that maybe jumps out at me. 45 is the total on this game, and this is the second meeting between these two teams, and the first game was in the 30s. And so, you know, there is a little bit of the Spider-Man meme where they point at each other um, in these teams with, uh, you know, strong defenses, um, offenses that lean heavily on the running back, a lot of talent out wide, but not quite the volume that we were hoping for, uh, for that talent to show up in a major fantasy way week in and week out. There's a lot of similarities between these teams. There's enough of the same personnel that there's some carryover from the last few years. Second game in season against these teams, which always sort of trends toward the under, especially when we're talking about teams that play the style of football that these two teams play. Pittsburgh gets Mika Fitzpatrick back for sure this week. Most likely gets TJ Watt back also. Even though we've got a lot of, I'm not saying you know I've got I've got Joe Burrow in a couple leagues. I'm starting him confidently. Um, I've got Deontay Johnson in an important league, starting him confidently. Like I'm not saying bench Chase Claypool, bench T Higgins, anything like that. But this could be a lower scoring game than the straight up fantasy personnel would suggest. It sounds like you're betting the Steelers and the under. Steelers definitely the Steelers. Yeah, I mean four, definitely four and a half does seem a little bit rich with the way that the Bengals' offense, you know, in the passing mm-hmm. game has sputtered a bit of late. So, uh, yeah, I think I I would tend to believe this is a probably a field goal game as well, and that the four and a half is a little bit strong. Um, and what did you say the uh, what did you say the game line was? Forty five is the total. Forty five, twenty five, twenty yep. is kind of the implied. <laughs> yeah, something there. Yeah, yep. it's, it sounds about right. I think it's. I probably wouldn't mess with the under on that because I do think Same. that these are two teams that probably are playing in the twenties. But I, I and think there's enough. There's yeah. enough explosive talent on both sides that you could have like you know boom boom right right. Like w- would we be surprised if there was like a big play to Chase Claypool and then the Bengals come right back and hit a big play to Jamar Chase and fourteen points get put on the board in three minutes? No, not at all. I would yeah, not be so. Surprised. I don't. I'm staying away from the total, but I do think this ultimately looks like a field goal game. So I like the Steelers plus four and a half quite a bit. Uh, how about this one, Funston? Chargers and Broncos. Chargers minus three in Denver. Forty-seven and a half is the total on this game. I feel like I have to ask you this every single week. Mike Williams back after last week. Well, can you not play him? I mean, I don't know if he. I don't think who, so. Who's rich enough to just say, "Yeah, Mike Williams, <laughs> you stay on the bench," especially after you had a big yeah. play last week and you sort of came back. Um, and again, while he was struggling, I, we always, I always mentioned that you know he he always looked like he was close to mm-hmm. you know, and, and the drops were an issue. And if he kind of cleans some of that stuff up, I think he's he's just fine. So yeah, I'm playing Mike Williams. Am I? As you know, I used to. You know, early in the year, I was putting him in the top 15, and now I'm kind of sliding him in that back end of that 20 to 25 range, back end wide receiver two. And I think he's a good, he's good. You know, you love the upside there with that kind of a ranking. So, um, yeah, I think we can feel a little bit better about Mike Williams at least. What are we doing with the Broncos side of things? You know, it's funny, like, if I, if we rewound things two months and this was, you know, the middle of September, and I told you that, you know, Thanksgiving week, we're going to feel more comfortable about what Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are as every week starters than Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. You would have thought I was pretty crazy, but that's really where we've arrived. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, well, for this specific matchup, I just, 
you know, given the struggle of Cortland Sutton in recent in recent weeks, um, like the Chargers are great at shutting down uh, wide receivers in, in, in for fantasy purposes. Fourth quarter against the Steelers last week, notwithstanding. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> but you can look at the season as a whole. That's been, you know, the, yes. their issue has yeah. been the running game. So I'm actually, you know, in on Javante Williams, even Melvin Gordon. And there has been some talk that Melvin Gordon had a big fumble before they went into the bye. And maybe we'd see some kind of an opening up of Javante Williams getting a, a bit of a lead. And either way, I'm, I, I think Melvin Gordon's still a good play as well. Revenge game against, against his Chargers. <laughs> there but uh um yeah I, I i'm a little bit worried about the wide receivers it's interesting though that tim patrick and and Cortland sutton basically if they hit on their contracts that they just signed during the buy have tied the bron- broncos up for about 25 million dollars a season for those those two combined so i thought that was interesting given that you know Cortland's kind of Cortland's kind of sputtered a yeah. little bit and you just get 15 million dollars a year for the next few years I mean, clearly they believe in what they're building offensively, and they just feel like maybe they've got to find the right quarterback <laughs> yeah. to unlock it. I mean, yeah, Teddy, uh, Teddy didn't sign an extension. No, 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 and he's done fine, right? I mean, he's yeah. uh, he's been he's been Teddy, he's been Teddy, right? right. I mean, it's it's basically exactly what he's been. So, oh, this isn't this is uh, this is a stay away for me from a gambling perspective. I would lean Chargers just because I you know I think they've they've shown us they're the better team. But they've been a little bit too Jekyll and Hyde for me to really want to lay three with them on the road against a quality enough opponent. Yeah, I feel like Denver coming off a bye and they're at home and and how Denver is likely to be successful is to keep the score low, you know. And so I feel like they have the better advantage right now of of, mm-hmm. of kind of enforcing their will and their narrative given the home game off the bye and, you know gives them a little bit of advantage to maybe say you know what we're gonna go run heavy which is what they want to do and that's the weakness of the Chargers. so for me this feels like it's not going to be a shootout like we saw last week between the chargers and pittsburgh for sure really quick here just a general question from alex on can we start sutton so just using that as a jumping off point where i, I it's wednesday morning that's 8 20 in the morning where you are so uh, forgive you if you don't have your rankings lined up but in your head where do you think sutton ranks at the wide receiver position Honestly, I think he's a back-end wide receiver three, and that's almost all because of benefit of the doubt of the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing for what he's done lately, nothing for this matchup. You know, like those two things I think work against him, but he's a talented guy that's, you know, capable of making a big play in tough in tough situations. You have to give him credit for that. So uh, I'm probably ranking him as low as I'll have ranked him all year long this year, this week, mm-hmm. but it'll be back-end wide receiver three. All right, Buccaneers and Colts, big crossover game. Another great game for the standings here. Colts surging, Buccaneers getting back on track with that Monday night win over the Giants in Week 11. Bucks three-point favorites in this one. 51.5 is the total. want to say off the top of my head that's the highest total of the week. I think it's the only total. No, we've also got Cowboys and Raiders on Thanksgiving is in the 50s, but this is the highest total of the week. I actually love the under in this game of 51. I, I think this game stays under because of uh, – I just don't think – I don't see – I sort of see Carson Wentz uh, not being able to take advantage of Tampa Bay's offensive deficiency, similar to Daniel Jones. Obviously, very different situations, but I think there is a little bit of crossover there. Jonathan Taylor can do what he does, but typically you don't ride a running back to over 51 and a half. And so I do think that this is a game that I, I think goes under, even though I feel really good about all the fantasy starters in this one. Yeah, I do too, and I actually think the Colts win this one. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they're at home. Tampa's lost three on the road. Colts are playing as good as anybody. They're as balanced as anybody. And Jonathan Taylor, you know, 
I'm not sure there's anybody he can't run on, you know, at least in a semi-successful way. So, um, so you know, you playing off that threat of Jonathan Taylor is going to be enough for the Colts to score a few, and their defense is good enough. I think, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of emotion riding in this one. They're going to get a they're going to get a home home field boost, and again, Tampa's been struggle has struggled on the road, losing all three of their games on the road. Last time was to the Washington Football Team. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is a this is a we're announcing our, announcing our presence with authority kind of game for the Colts. So then is there anyone on Tampa that you're concerned about? Um, I would be, a, I, I would be a, maybe a little bit concerned about Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. who, you know, hasn't, uh, he hasn't been a world beater of late. I would be, I mean, I'm not sure. going to rank him outside my top 20 running backs, but I would be, if I had Leonard Fournette, I'd be like, I feel like this is a, is a low ceiling kind of game. Um, you know, when Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are out there and there's no Antonio Brown, I just don't know if there's a matchup where you where you feel bad about him. And same with Gronk. If Gronk's healthy, you're playing him. So it's probably Leonard Fournette that I feel like is looking worse than usual. Yeah, I think this is more like a, you know, it's, it's a high 20s game. It's a 27-24 or a 26-23 mm-hmm. sort of game. I do think it's close. I, again, another game where I wouldn't really feel comfortable with either team uh, against the spread, but uh, should be, I think, a fun game between these two teams, both of which uh, could certainly use the win in this crossover AFC-NFC matchup. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Funston, let's get into the Thanksgiving Day slate. We'll just take these three in chronological order, so that means we start with Bears and Lions. Bears, three-point favorites in Detroit, 41 the over-under. Andy Dalton, Tim Boyle, it's not the game anyone wants to see to start their Thanksgiving, but I I, I like the Detroit Thanksgiving tradition. I don't mind it. It's one game out of 200, and I mean, it used to be 256. Right now, we've got the extra game, so 256 plus whatever the extra game adds. Like It's one game of the season. I like that we have this sort of tradition to lean on. Wait, wait, so is it is it not Jared Goff? Because yesterday uh, I thought we were talking that Jared Goff was going to be playing. Oh, in this okay, one. okay. Well, so either I think, way, I think, it's not the best quarterback matchup that we're ever. Gonna no, see. but but man, I, I can at least get a little bit more excited about the <laughs> potential upside of the. I mean, not a lot, but yeah. I, I I do think he, Goff. If there is anybody, he's an upgrade over. It's Tim Boyle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair for yeah. sure. Uh, Darnell uh, but, Mooney, Darnell Mooney, something to get excited about for this game. Yeah, and I think he's been dealing with a foot injury, but I, you know, I think he was last week as well, and I would expect that he will play. If no Allen Robinson with Andy Dalton, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I like Darnell Mooney an awful lot. Um, it was interesting though. I, I did a 
I did a search on how many players have had 16 or more targets and less and five catches or less mm-hmm. in in the NFL history since 92 since they were tracking targets and he was one of only 12 and um you know the the worst discrepancy was 17 targets four catches I think that was by Joe Horn so <laughs> he was right there in terms of you know efficiency of completions to Darnell Mooney it wasn't great but it was god you love but you follow the volume and, you know, good things happen, and that's exactly what happened last week, and I would expect, you know, similar kind of, maybe not 16 targets, but mm-hmm. good things for Darnell Mooney for sure. Have to imagine he'll get something like that if Allen Robinson is out again with that hamstring injury. Uh, Funston and I are doing this on Wednesday morning. Allen Robinson did not practice on Tuesday either, so, you know, we don't have the Bears practice reports yet from Wednesday, but no practice Monday, no practice Tuesday. Might be another week out for Allen Robinson. Since we're on this subject, Funston, give me your favorite Thanksgiving Day football memory. Well, I was always a huge Cowboys fan. Uh, Still am. Um, But even in the 80s, growing up in my former live years as an NFL fan, I just absolutely loved uh, the Cowboys. So Thanksgiving was great for that. Lots of memories of Dallas playing on Thanksgiving. I remember when my Seahawks played them for the first time on Thanksgiving, they lost 51 to seven. That was not a good memory. Um, but I think the one that stands out for me from the Cowboys perspective was the 93 Leon Lett game where they had the weird snow at, you know, at uh, Texas stadium and Cowboy stadium in Irving and, um, and let fumbled a, a blocked kick by St- Pete Stoyanovich that would, you know, if he wouldn't have touched it, the game's over, you know, <laughs> But he goes down and tries to recover the the block kick, and he fumbles it, and Miami recovers it. They get an extra shot at the game-winning field goal. Pete Stoyanovich hits it, and they lose 16-14. to So that was right after, remember, the uh, Super Bowl yeah. where Leon Lett recovers and goes towards the end zone, and Dom Beebe comes behind uh-huh. and knocks the ball away at the last <laughs> second as he's celebrating. So Leon Lett had a tough calendar year there as well. <laughs> got a, you, want a, you got a ring. Got a ring in that. Uh, yeah, it, you got embarrassed. Yeah, you got a ring, got a ring. ring out of that. Yeah. In the you know something that they probably laugh at it during their reunions, but yeah. he probably holds up his finger with the ring on there yeah. and says it's all yeah. good. You good know? job, Don. I've got this ring yeah, here. Exactly. Uh, for me, my my love for fantasy football was cemented on Thanksgiving. The first year I played fantasy football was 1998. I was in eighth grade, and uh, Randy Moss was a rookie that year. I loved him from the year before when he was at Marshall. Uh, one of my buddies had college football, whatever, and uh, I always used Marshall. It was Chad Pennington and Randy Moss, and you could mm-hmm. just throw bombs to Moss, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so I loved Randy Moss coming into the league. First year I played fantasy football, had him on my team, and that was the game against the Cowboys where he had three catches for like 170 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Three catches, yeah. three touchdowns, and like two bombs, and it was just awesome. And I was like, oh my, and like just having so much fun. It was like, I love this game that I just found this year. <laughs> I think uh, each one of those catches were 50 plus yards. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was, you know, opposite of Darna Moody, just a high level of efficiency there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember Randy, that game. Randy that Moss was pretty is the impressive. Of, Randy Moss is the opposite of Darnell Mooney in many Many ways, <laughs> I think, and, the, and the Thanksgiving Day efficiency, just one of them. How about the Cowboys game this uh, this season? Playing the Raiders, seven and a half point favorites, fifty and a half the over under. This is maybe the game that's lost the most luster uh, from what we thought it could have been a couple of weeks ago. Raiders have obviously taken a downturn. No Amari Cooper, no CD Lamb, so the Cowboys nowhere near full strength. But you've still got a 50-and-a-half total in this game. And I, I don't know. I still think that this game uh, can play to something near that. And I really like the Cowboys in this spot. Yeah. I mean, this feels like the uh, 
Tony Pollard sleeper special game, yes. doesn't it? Absolutely. A guy that's is very versatile. You can actually split him out in, in, as a wide receiver, run him. I, I feel like this is a whole lot of Ezekiel Elliott. Although Ezekiel Elliott, his touches have come down. There's some, you know, there's some scuttlebutt out there that maybe his knee is not is you know is hurting worse, and Dallas is really trying to mm-hmm. preserve that knee as much as possible. So again. Would not completely shock me if we get a surprise. Tony Pollard is a better fantasy running back this week than yeah. Ezekiel. I just think it sets up very well for him in terms of that. Obviously, you know, Michael Gallup's in a great situation. Mm-hmm. And those other guys are out for getting a lot of volume, as is Dalton Schultz. And you can, you know, you can take a flyer on Cedric Wilson as well. Yeah. Um, but Where do you take that flyer? The, Where do you take that flyer on Cedric Wilson? I think as a, as a wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think he's a flex in in, in competitive leagues. He's certainly a, a, a flex flyer for sure. You feel okay with uh, Dak without his two big guys? Not really. I mean, I mean, you have to look at two of the last three games and wonder what's going on. But uh, you know, I, I haven't finished my quarterback rankings. I doubt I downgrade him outside. I mean, maybe he ends up at. 13, mm-hmm. 14, but I doubt it. I'm guessing he's probably like a 12, 11 overall kind yeah. of guy for me in that range. It's probably as far as I'm going to be willing to go. From an action ability standpoint, it's unlikely that someone who has Dak on their team would also have a second quarterback who they would want to play over Dak. Right? Yeah, Cam Newton comes into the equation. Yeah. Like there are guys that like, oh, Dak's struggling. You know, I'll throw Cam on my roster just mm-hmm. to see, you know, he's it would kind have of bubbled to be something up. like that. Yeah, and I think I would play Cam. I mean, I made the mistake of not playing Cam over Russell Wilson on one of my teams last week, and and you know, everything about Cam that I said, which was okay, you know, he, he's averaged almost forty rushing yards in his last two seasons, mm-hmm. last seventeen games. That's a touchdown pass by by fantasy equivalency. He's fourteen rushing touchdowns in seventeen games, almost a rushing touchdown per game. If he gets you anything through the passing game. You're golden, and with mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, two of the best yards after after catch guys in the league, it's kind of easy for a quarterback to get some you know some a bit of production. So I think Cam does kind of foil some of these struggling starters like Dak Prescott, and that you probably should play him over them. Yeah, um, let's get to the Thanksgiving nightcap. It's Bills and Saints. Bills five and a half point favorites in New Orleans. Forty five and a half is the total. I see a major rebound. For the Bills. You brought this up on Monday. Michael Salfino, who writes a, a column for us here at The Athletic every week, talking about the Bills as a dome team. Well, here they are mm-hmm. in a dome. I, I just see this as a major, major bounce back, and the slide of the Saints continues in this one. Yeah, and do we know? Is, is it Taysom Hill time? Is it Are they turning him loose? That'll be interesting. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram didn't didn't practice earlier this week. I don't know where their standing is right now, but suddenly Tony Jones mm-hmm. Jr. comes into play as potential starting running back in this game. I, I'm curious that if they do go Taysom Hill, that they go full Taysom Hill. Like it's just, you know, almost, you know, a lot of Wildcat, a lot of Taysom Hill as as the new kind of leader in that ground game. Um, obviously, they're going to throw the ball some with him as well. But like if Taysom Hill's playing, I have a feeling that he's going to run an awful lot. That makes him very interesting. Yeah, that's definitely true. And that's something like, would you play, let's say you're going into this, you have Dak going into tomorrow, Taysom Hill's free agent in your league. We find out Taysom Hill's playing. Would you pick him up and start him over Dak? Would you feel okay with that? I, I think I'm going to be, if I hear Taysom Hill as a starter, I think I'm going to be ranking him ahead of Dak. Maybe I, I think the tough call would be is if you had Taysom Hill and Cam Newton. <laughs> I, I think I'm still going Cam there, yeah. but um, I think it would be, I think it would be close. Going back to the game we were just talking about, uh, Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News covers the Cowboys reporting that uh, CeeDee Lamb's going to practice today. 
Yeah, so maybe... I saw that they they hadn't ruled him out yesterday, so I was kind of mm-hmm. curious about that. Um, you know, and Salfino always brings this up. If a guy clears concussion protocol, it's not like he's a hamstring. It's not like a hamstring injury right, where you're right. worried about. It. It's like mm-hmm. you're clear, you're clear, you're good to go. You're basically a hundred percent. So, you know, don't let that don't let that stop you from playing him if he is clear. I would love to know the last time Funston that a team in Week Twelve that was sitting on top of its conference standings was six and a half point underdogs because that's exactly <laughs> what we have in Patriots and Titans. Patriots six and a half point favorites against the still number one seed in the AFC, Tennessee Titans. Forty four and a half is the total in this game. Tennessee's offense has not been the same without Derrick Henry. We know that. They did have 420 yards of offense against the uh, Texans last week, but a ton of turnovers. They just seem to not know what to do without Derrick Henry. And now, maybe without A.J. Brown this week as well, as he's dealing with a ribcage injury. Uh, I mean, do you feel good about anyone in Tennessee in this game? No, as saying on Monday, like all their skill position players right now are basically replacement level quality you know uh, especially if aj brown is out but jeff swaim and you know dontrell hilliard is now kind of is now the new favored back <laughs> in that backfield and and who knows who it'll be next week but i mean it's worth you know it's worth kind of going out and exploring dontrell hilliard if you haven't you know on the waiver wire and he's still sitting there you might want to grab him but um yeah i think this is fair I, the patriots have looked great uh the titans you know it's if you can't play off the threat of Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of replacement backs, you really don't have the kind of the passing game upside uh, to to live in that world and be a good team. So it's 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 uh, you know basically it says a lot about how valuable Derrick Henry is because yeah. this is a Tennessee team that went from being you know a legit Super Bowl contender beat in the AFC to beat being, the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. Yeah, I right? mean they, they were as the... good as anybody at that point. Yeah. I mean, and now here they are. They do have a win over the Rams without Derrick Henry, but that was a fluky sort of game that doesn't yeah. – it was not – the way they put up their points is not predictive of future success. And it's – yeah, I mean, maybe we see a little something from them. The 420 yards of offense last week, even though it was against Houston, that is encouraging certainly, but – no A.J. Brown would really change things yet again for this Tennessee team. Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, we've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks. If you have either, are you comfortably starting that guy? Uh, yeah, well, comfortably, no, but I, I think they're in this, you know, Jake brought this up. I thought the same thing. I feel like this is just the Denver situation with mm-hmm. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And the matchup is probably a little better for those guys this week. So I'll have those guys ranked a little bit ahead of them. But I think they're, they're viable back end RB2 plays this week. Yeah, I think they're both in there as well. I've got Ramondre Stevenson in one league, starting him without thinking twice about it. I've got Damian Harris in one league, starting him without thinking twice about it. i got Melvin Gordon in one league. All those guys I'm starting without, <laughs> without having to think for a second. They're just easily in my lineup, and I think that's going to be true for most people who have uh, any of those New England or Denver backs. Does the same hold for our Philadelphia backs? Eagles minus 3.5 at the Giants. Uh, 46 is the total in this game. Miles Sanders came back a week ago. He was clearly the lead back for Philly. Jordan Howard now out, which is going to bump Boston Scott up the depth chart. How do you look at Sanders and Scott going into this one, Funston? Yeah, I think you got to feel good. I mean, Philly is just completely sold out. Their identity is now as we are, you know, we are a smash mouth run running football team. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Howard kind of like, you know, exemplifies that the best. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know about Miles Sanders as just like that workhorse kind of back, but he, uh-huh. here he is. And I think that's, you know, it's going to result in probably a little bit more Boston Scott because of that. You know, I don't know if they want to yeah. make him that, that guy completely, but I, I feel good about Philly being able to kind of do this 
against the Giants. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if it's the if it's uh, one of the better defenses in the league, revived might... Ronald Jones last week. This Giants defense, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and in a weird way, this is Jalen Hurts kind of playing almost like a Ryan Tannehill, where he can get. You know, you can get play action off of this running game now, and you can get Devonta Smith going a little bit more than we were. Like, our confidence level in that has risen because they can yeah. – maybe not as much volume, but the volume efficiency, you know, has improved a lot. So you playing your Eagles in this one? I mean, Jalen Hurts is locked in as a fantasy starter. Uh, we actually had a, a question uh, earlier from uh, Lil Big Man, still has Hurts and Dak on his team, was unable to trade either one of them. I mean, Hurts over Dak is, I think, a pretty easy call easy, this week. Yeah. And, I mean, Hurts has been – no one wants to give him the credit for it. I mean, maybe that's not true. That's a bit of a straw man. But Hurts is a, a reliable guy week in and week out. Um, are you playing all your Eagles, playing Devontae Smith, playing Dallas Goddard, firing him up? Yeah, I'm playing them all because you don't have to. The list isn't very big, of, you know, like <laughs> of our usual guys yeah. here. So I'm playing Miles Sanders. I'm playing Dallas Goddard. I'm playing Devonta Smith. And I, I think Boston Scott is is a leap in, in a little bit more of a competitive league where you're, you know, maybe you're running double flexes or whatever. And you, you have to start a lot of guys. I'm thinking about him there. I, I think I have him probably uh, mid 30s, maybe at the running back spot. So what do you think, about the, Giants? What do you think about the Giants in this matchup? Mm. Yeah, um, I, I expect more volume for Saquon. I think they're probably going to lean in now that he's kind of passed his first game, got him back into the mix. I think they're going to lean on him even more. Um, I think this Giants team needs Sterling Shepard back. I mean, that's that's been the guy that mm-hmm. Daniel Jones has really kind of felt comfortable throwing to, and, and we'll see if he's back in this game. But, I, you know, I've heard that there's a good chance he'll be back. I think that'll help the passing game a bit. But, I, you know, Daniel Jones had – didn't have much time to throw. Didn't no. wasn't making good decisions. I think Daniel Jones has have to has to be clean back there pretty much to get good results out of this Giants passing game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Funston, five more games for us to talk about here. Texans and Jets, the first of them. Texans are favorite. <laughs> we can make we this to, one quick. <laughs> we had to find a way to get one of these teams favored, and here it is. Texans minus two and a half at home against the Jets. It actually kind of makes me like the Jets, the fact that the Texans are coming off a win at home, still just two and a half point favorites. And you say we can get through it quick. And I'm going to forget about the Texans because who cares? But look at the Jets. I mean, are they the worst team to have three legit fantasy starters? Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, maybe even four. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, and Ty Johnson. Uh, With Michael Carter out, maybe Ty Johnson can get into lineups as well. Yeah, I was just thinking about a team like Cleveland right now where maybe Nick Chubb is the only legit starter. right. I mean, it's it's crazy. Cleveland would be minus – 
11 and a half against the Jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was writing it down to see it. I mean, I, well, Jacksonville, do they have three legit starters? James Robinson, not not really. Dan Arnold, yeah. maybe. And, and that, you know, now that Jamal Agnew is out, who knows? So, yeah, He's I think you uh, can make you can make a very strong case um, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of decent teams that you can barely get to two two guys that you feel good about starting. And, you know, the Atlanta Falcons right now, no Cordero, who are you starting there? Um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's a good call. I, I think the Jets <laughs> probably are the worst team with three, I mean, three I even, starters. I didn't even mean necessarily this season. Like they're the worst team in recent memory that has three guys that you feel like good about actually. And yeah. like, especially when Michael Carter was healthy, but like, especially like, yeah. right. I mean, I was starting him comfortably in a league. Um, I've got Corey Davis that I'm starting and feeling good about. Like there are like, you feel okay about starting these guys and the Jets suck. Well, and the interesting thing is, you know, if Zach Wilson comes back and he's got the full complement of his receivers and he's learned anything from the guys that have replaced him and Mike White and Joe Flacco and Josh Johnson have all had really decent moments. Like, mm-hmm. You know, Zach Wilson could be a guy that we're suddenly going, you know what? In a two QB league, he's he's got some nice upside with those guys that he's got thrown. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I agree that's enough on this game. Panthers and <laughs> Dolphins next on the list. Panthers one and a half point favorites in Miami. 42 the total in this game. Uh, Cam Newton, I mean, is he he's back, right? I mean, he's back in the way that uh, he played well last week especially from a fantasy perspective. I think if you started him last week, you can feel very good about starting him again this week. Yeah, again, like he was so bad last year in New England, eight touchdown passes to 10 interceptions, but nobody last year in New England came close to the kind of playmaking ability that DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey bring to the table. And they're easy. Those guys make it easy to to complete passes to them. So even if you're not sold on Cam as a passer, he's got a couple guys that make life a lot easier than he had it last year. And again, it all starts with his rushing, which has become so bankable. So yeah, top 10 play for Cam Newton. Where are you at on Tua this week? Uh, the, the fantasy numbers have been solid over the last month or so. He's played well over the last month or so. I mean, if you watch Tua over the last month versus Tua the first month, looks like a much better quarterback. Where does he sit for you in your as yet unfinished quarterback rankings for week 12? Yeah, probably going to be in the mid-teens. The thing about Miami is they just they can't they can't run the ball. I mean, they can't be a team that just kind of they almost have to run you know short passes as a de facto running game. And so you're always I think going to feel good about the volume uh, for Tua, and that leads and they got guys again, Gasecki and Jalen Waddle and Miles Gaskin, guys that can work in the short area and make it easy to complete those passes. And so when you start throwing 40, 50 times a game, even if they're, you know, average depth of the target is short, that volume is going to get the quarterback there where you need it. And Tua can throw in a little bit of rushing here and there as well. So you feel good about that on, on top of it. I'm a little surprised this total is only at 42. I would have guessed something more like 44, 44 and a half, 45 for this game. I honestly think, Carolina could push 30 in this yeah. one. So, you know, where, how, and then bring Miami along with them a little mm-hmm. bit along the way. But I, I, I agree. This is probably a, you know, it feels like a 28 to 20 kind yeah. of it's game a little, or something that, a little yeah. surprisingly low for me on the total in this. I one. actually don't think that Miami's going to, I don't think Miami's going to be able to cover this. I, I think the Panthers are going to win sort of comfortably by like a touchdown. Uh, yeah. That's just kind of my my feel on the things right now. Well, then can I interest you in another one-point dog or one-point road favorite, Atlanta at Jacksonville. Like This one now, 46. It's like 46 is the total in this game? Like, how? How are these teams getting to 46 points? 
And I'm not really sure why Atlanta would be favored. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, do they have Cordell Patterson? Do we know that? We like, don't know that I, yet. I think, they could. It's possible, but we don't you know, know that. The Virginia Zakis inside injury spin on the athletic is that he should not be playing, mm-hmm. and this would be a bad spot, and that you could actually, you know, he's in one of those the injury could get worse if he comes yeah. back kind of situation. It's a high ankle sprain, so um, yeah, I don't I don't like the forty six. I like the you know that seems high. I like the under on that, and I actually like Jacksonville to win. Jacksonville, you know, they they've shown in times they can they can play a tough game, and I don't know if you can make the argument that the Atlanta without Cordero Patterson has a much more talented no. roster than Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't think you can. So, I don't get I don't it. think you can make that point at all. Jacksonville's defense has shown some life over the last few weeks. We always point to the Buffalo game, but it hasn't just been that game. They've, you know, the, the, we're not going to suddenly rank them among the best in the league, but they're not a pushover mm-hmm. of a defense. And now they get to play against a team that if Cordero Patterson's not out there, you got one guy. One guy you have to worry about. That's Kyle yeah. Pitts. And that's yep. truly it. I mean, and that's not meant to knock Russell Gage or Olamide Zacchaeus, but it's just they're, they're not guys that you really game plan to stop. Kyle Pitts is the one guy you have to worry about if Cordell Patterson isn't out there. And Jacksonville's shown us enough defensively that they can make this an ugly game. I mean, I, I've got Kyle Pitts in the league. I need him to have a good game. I'm still starting him. But with everything that's going on in Atlanta, I, I like if I could sign – we did this with Michael Pittman last week, right? Um, I would – if you told me right now I could take like four for 60 out of Kyle Pitts – or I could roll the dice and hope for better, I would probably just take the four for 60. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And we've seen it. I think we've seen an actual four for 60 from him, which <laughs> is, you know, kind of like where you, you know, that's where your expectations should be set with him right now. Cause yeah. you know, he's clearly going to be bracketed and double covered and, you know, teams will try the best they can to take him out of the situation. All right, Funston, let's get to the two primetime games. The last two games we're going to talk about here because they're the last two games on the slate that we haven't talked about. First one, Sunday night, Ravens and Browns. Ravens, four-point favorites in this game. 46.5 is the total. This is another one. Why is the total 46.5 in this game? I mean, uh, so we talked about this on Monday. I am in Cleveland. I'm at my in-laws' house. I'm sitting, look at this beautiful. <laughs> and if this doesn't scream mother-in-law, what does behind me? Um, but, like, that game between the Browns and the Lions was so boring. And I can't figure out for a second why Baker Mayfield is playing right now. Not because he's playing poorly, which he is, but because he's limping he's he's limping back to the huddle. He's stretching out his shoulder every single time after he makes a pass. He looks he looks bad. He looks hurt. <laughs> like they can't do anything through the air at all. The Ravens can't run the ball, and that's what they have to do to do everything else they want to do. Like, how does this game get to 46 and a half? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's It feels like a 30-carry Nick Chubb kind of game, yeah, although they've right. been, they haven't they <laughs> have been completely willing to go that, that far with Nick Chubb, but I think they might want to think about it this week. Um, it does sound like we might get Kareem Hunt back. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that'll be a much-needed boost to this Cleveland offense. But, again, I'm with you. It feels high. Um, you're right. In Lamar Jackson coming back off of a week off, um, yeah, I, I think they might. I, I've, they might be baking in some defensive touchdown upside here, which I, which I feel like is is legit. You know that I feel like there's these are good defensive plays here. Oh my god! I mean, like, what would you have to what would you have to have on your team to start a Browns passing game player? Which I guess is really like Jarvis Landry, and he's banked up after last week dealing with the knee injury. Well, I'd be interested in Austin Hooper because they have gone full. <laughs> they've gone full tight end. I mean, and Joku's yeah. out there a lot too. But it's uh-huh. been the last couple of weeks. It's been Hooper who's kind of been winning the day at the tight end spot. Like I feel like he might be their leading, you know, 
receiving upside guy. And it'll be interesting with Hunt back if they lean into that. But it's, weirdly, I, I think, you know, Kareem Hunt's been underused as a receiver, uh, even yeah. going back to last year. He's so good at, you know, his ability to do that. I think it's been a big miss on their part to not get him more involved that way. Maybe because of the, you know, the dearth of talent they have there now, they might mm-hmm. actually look into doing that. Every reason to assume Lamar is going to be fine for this game. Let's also just assume for the sake of our conversation, Marquise Brown is back again. This is Wednesday when we're talking about this, so there's a lot of practice time between now and then for the Ravens. But let's assume he is back. Where are you at on Rashad Bateman? Uh, Wide receiver three, probably in that, um, you know... Probably in that MVS Odell Beckham range, maybe mm-hmm. slightly better. I think, you know, sometimes it's good to with Lamar Jackson in a team that can't run, but you, the team has to take Lamar Jackson seriously and be cognizant and yeah. have a spy and all that. And then you have Mark Andrews yeah. and you have Marquise Brown. You know, the volume may not be huge, but when he does get volume, you feel like he's going to probably have some, some nice open look opportunities there. And so I feel good about Bateman, mm-hmm. you know, pulling in four four catches or so and and kind of giving you that Kyle Pitts line yeah the yards per target for Marquise or for for um uh, Rashad Bateman have been good yeah. this season it's been a good number and so even though I think you pretty much diagnosed it perfectly even though it, it might not be a 10 or 11 target game in fact we shouldn't expect a 10 or 11 target game he could make a, a lot of good use out of six yep. targets which we should expect from him even in a game where Marquise Brown is back for Baltimore Monday Night Football saved the best saved the funstoniest for last <laughs> Is what I'll say here. Uh, let me Seattle apologize Seahawks to America in advance. Time game. Hey, at least at least they're flexed out uh, yes, of week thirteen. Yes. Right? No, 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 no back-to-back Seahawks in Monday or on primetime. But uh, we do get to watch them on Monday Night Football against the Washington Football Team. Funston, this game was when it first opened on BetMGM. It was uh, Seahawks were two-point favorites. And in like 24 hours, it became what you see on the screen here. Washington minus one. I can't remember the last time I saw a three-point swing without like a practice injury like that in the blink of an eye. And that's exactly what we have here, and I think it's the right swing. I do too. I mean, look at people that throw their money around for a living betting on football games aren't stupid. They watch these games. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Seattle just went through a run of 20 consecutive drives without scoring a touchdown, you know, or it was 19 and they scored on their 20th, but whatever. Like, if you watch Russell Wilson the last couple of weeks, his offense is broken and his finger, you know, apparently is – is still giving him issues and they want to try to like mm-hmm. talk that it's not. But if you just watch, you know, if you've watched Russell Wilson a lot and then you kind of plug into these last two games, there is such a stark contrast. Um, there's no identity. I, I think offensively they're a little bit lost. You know, they have no one to lean on in the, in the backfield. And so they're trying to kind of find their way right now and it's not working out. And I, I, you know, on the road against Washington team that's had, you know, Taylor Heineke's playing pretty well right now. As yeah. much as I've kind of been down on him as a legit, you know, deserving NFL starter, he's played well of late. And I've mm-hmm. watched him make some some nice throws. So I, I think Washington should be a one-point favorite. A couple of deep teams of mine, deep league teams. I'm, I'm staring at Alex Collins, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, am I going to have to do this again? Because, like, yeah, I've got one of them has uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, on a buy, one of them has Aaron Jones likely injured, and I'm just looking at like, uh, <laughs> am I going to have to like suffer through this again? And it's like, I don't want to start him. I don't want to start Russell Wilson either, to be honest, Winston. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I do think they'll go out of their way to get DK Metcalf going, and I, uh-huh. I think it, it's going to be in a volume shorter area kind of way than than 
is typical for him, but I think they just want to get him going as a threat because that's a great place to start right now as far as how your offense, getting your offensive identity back. It's just go to DK. He's a, he's, yeah. he's a power forward receiver. <laughs> Right. And he's not completely a deep threat. You know, he's mm-hmm. able to catch short area passes. Just make that happen. If you're going to get anything going, if you're the Seahawks, it has to be through him. It really, yeah. truly has to be it because does. he's the guy who you can count on in that way. Like Tyler Lockett, when he does, he does great, and it's yep. big plays. But that's not a reliable, oh, we're going to get the offense going by hitting a 57-yarder down the right <laughs> sideline to Tyler yeah, Lockett. That's so much just... of Tyler Lockett is school <laughs> is schoolyard. You know, we yeah. kind of just made that up as we went along. But I think with DK, you can scheme some stuff that will actually yeah. work. So Exactly. Yeah. Washington side, uh, McLaurin, Gibson, boom, boom, easy. Uh, Heineke, what QB two? Yeah, QB maybe a, maybe a stream for someone like if you're what it's uh, it's Mahomes and and uh, people who have already been playing without Kyler for three weeks on bye. So yeah, maybe one quarterback I think league. It's you've fair been riding to, Mahomes all season. I think he's in the Tua range discussion. Yeah. I mean, JD McKissick. I, you know, teams kill Seattle underneath. They haven't been able to stop a running back in the passing game. JD McKissick could be a nice sleeper in this one um, because it's just been week after week after week of running backs killing this team in the passing game. Let's get out of here on this question here from Casey H, who, first of all, loved my Funstonian. And secondly, (laughs) Alex Collins or Ty Johnson. I'm going Ty Johnson very easily, actually. Yeah, we could see a decent amount of DJ Dallas in this game. We started to see that bubble up a little Mm -hmm. bit last game, and they might just decide to – you know, follow that trail a little bit more. So I'm going to go Ty Johnson as well, especially in a PPR sense. The only thing that felt worse to me looking at my teams yesterday and thinking about having to start Alex Collins another week was looking at them at the same time and thinking, am I really going to put in a waiver claim for DJ Dallas? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> and ultimately probably, deciding no, like I'll just yeah. go with what I've got at this point because I don't want to trust anyone in Seattle who's not named DK. And I definitely don't want to go and like get DJ Dallas on my team to start him over Alex Collins. At least. Uh, yeah, gross, yeah. gross. But yeah. what's not gross is everyone joining us on Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Thanks for being with us. Also, if the holidays make me feel like, you know, it's good, like a, a wrap up sort of thing. We still got a month left of the season, but thank you for being with us to this point of the season. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the stuffing. Enjoy the pumpkin pie. Enjoy it all. Of course, the football. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Funston. Yeah, you too. Enjoy. Per- thank you all for. <laughs> yeah, right? I was going to say, don't, don't, don't put on too many calories. Yeah, oh, fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, we'll have to do like a a belly check. You, me, and Jake yeah. on Monday. There you go. Right, Jake, we, Jake's uh, gonna win. I have a feeling. <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling Jake's got that locked up for life. But either way, <laughs> thank you all for joining us here uh, on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And all week, we're off tomorrow. Obviously, uh, we will be back on Friday with uh, a look at the uh, Week Twelve gambling slate after the Thanksgiving games, me, Zach Jackson, and Vic Taver. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Enjoy all the food. Enjoy all the football. Hopefully your fantasy hopes and wishes come true. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.